Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. So let's get right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, I'm sorry. And uh, we'll just kind of see what Jesus says about it, and we'll take it from there. How many of you know Jesus unconditionally loved us? He so loved the world that what? He gave his only begotten son, our Father did. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, there's, there's only two kinds of people on the planet. There's only two kinds of people in this room today. There's those that are perishing and those that have everlasting life. Amen. So in the book of Matthew chapter 5 and verse 43, it reads like this. This is Jesus speaking. This is, this is his sermon on the mount. He says, You have heard that it hath been said that thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. Amen. And that's, that's, that's taught in the Old Testament. I'll show you that here in just a minute. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Everybody say, love your enemies. Man, that's, that's, a, a, that's easier said than done, isn't it? <laughs> love your enemies. Here's number two. Bless them that curse you. Not much. I got a grunt and a one amen back there. Thank you, Brother Bo. I got one. Now, this one's even better. Do good to them that hate you. It's quiet in this Baptist church. And pray for them which despitefully use you. You know, Jesus just lifted off, listed off a, a lot of things right there that seem virtually impossible to do. Amen. But now li- listen to what he says here. Now, I'll read it again, through here again real quick. Verse, 44, it's a, uh, verse 43, it says, And you have heard, and it hath been said, that thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemies. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you. Why? that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to shine on the evil and upon the good. He sendeth rain upon the just and the unjust. Amen? I'll tell you, when we got up this morning, listen, it wasn't just 70 degrees at all the Christians' house. When, we got, when, when, it, when it rained the other day, listen, it just, just didn't rain. It just, you know, God just didn't, you know, uh, just put out a, a, like a checkerboard of rain on just the people that were just. No, he rained on the unjust. He, he rained on the drug addict. He rained on the prostitute. He, ra- he rained on the murderer. He rained on, on, on the most heinous people on, that we look at on this planet, and God still blessed them. God still blessed them with rain. God blessed them with, with air to breathe. Amen, because there's a few people sitting in this congregation right here, listen, that aren't perfect either. That have made a few mistakes in their life. That aren't quite pure as the driven snow, amen? So, Jesus said this, he said, look, he said, God blesses everyone. For if you love them which love you, what reward do you have? It's easy to love people that love you, Miss Charlotte. It's easy. I mean, people, your, your friends that love you and care about you and, you know, bring you over a pie or cook you a dinner or mow your grass, man, it makes, you, makes it easy to love them. Amen. But it's the people that get under your skin. 
Amen? It's, it's the people that, that make your life difficult. The people that cramp your style. The people, the people that aren't quite as cool as we are. That really mess us up. Amen? But what I found out in my little short tenure of serving God is I need those kind of people in my life. I need those kind of people to keep me humble. I need those kind of people to kind of keep my wheels on the ground where I don't get some big inflated uh, sense of who I am and what I am. I need those people to help me to be more like God. Amen. Verse 47, it says this, And if you salute your brethren only, what, what uh, do you more than others? For even the publicans do so. He said, man, even the religious leaders that are full of religion and actually full of, full of, of prejudice and, and, and full of hate. He said, they, they say hi to one another walking down the street. They might not say hi to you. He said, man, you're no different than they are. But now here, here's, here's, you know how Jesus is. He, he knows how to bring it all together. He says, verse 48, he says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is perfect. All right, that's it. Thanks for coming into this morning. That's that's Joe Morris's line. I'm not going to take that, but that's about impossible. That's about an impossible statement. Let me read it to you in the Amplified. It says, "You therefore must be perfect, growing to complete maturity in godliness." Ah, oh, that's a little different. See, because we're all growing in maturity at different levels. Amen. We're all we're all. Taking things, take, Paul talked about taking off the things of the old man and putting on the new things, taking off the old attitudes, taking off the malice, the jealousy, the envy. He, you know, it, it doesn't say come up in the prayer line and have, have, get prayed for and get that stuff off you. Paul said this, he said, take it off. Get it off of you like you take off a coat. And then he said, put on the new man that's renewed in the spirit. Put on love, put on mercy. Put on this perfection, this maturity that God will anoint you if you'll make a decision. God, I'm going to be a partaker of the divine nature. I, I decide today that today I'm going to be your kid. I'm going to be a part. I'm going to act like you'd act. I'm going to love like you'd love. I'm going to be what you've called me to be. And I'm going to love hurting people. I'm going to love people that really make it miserable, be miserable sometimes for me to be around. Ouch. Why do I have to preach these kind of messages? It's because I've got to do it myself. Amen. You, therefore, must be perfect, growing into complete maturity of godliness in mind and character, having reached the proper height of virtue and integrity that your heaven, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Listen, it's all about us growing up in God. I mean, it's wonderful to be able to come into a meeting or, or, or go on a crusade or something and see people get out of wheelchairs and see blind eyes open and see people get saved, and, that, and that's all real good and that's wonderful. But God is really interested in what's going on on the inside of you because he knows us better than we know ourselves. And he knows we get caught up in all kinds of little dramas and all kinds of little, little webs and stuff uh, that the devil tries and traps that he puts in our way. And listen, he, he wants us to be able to recognize that and come up above it 
and mature, be mature and rise up above it in our character. And listen, you will grow in God quicker than you've ever in your life when you begin to recognize those things and walk in the love of God and begin to love people that are unlovely. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Now flip over to the book of Luke chapter 16. We're going to see a, a kind of an unlovely person here. Luke chapter 16 and verse 19. I'll give you a minute to find it. Yeah, this isn't this is one of them shouting messages, really. But we'll, we'll shout before it's over. Amen? Hallelujah. This is Jesus uh, telling, talking about uh, verse 19. Well, I'll just read it to you. It says, There was a certain man, uh, a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and fared sumptuously every day. Now, I think it's interesting that, that Jesus just refers to him as a certain rich man. And then it says, and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus. And I think it's interesting that he actually calls Lazarus' name. And that makes me think that it's not just a parable. I think, I think it's a real story, something that really happened. And the, the name Lazarus actually means the strength of God. It, it's, it's a... It's a Kind of a, a, in the Hebrew, it's actually the word Eleazar. And, and here, here this beggar, his, his name is the strength of God, which I think is interesting. And this beggar, uh, which was laid at the gate of Lazarus, and he was full of sores, the Amplified says this, and at his gate there was carelessly dropped down and left a certain un- utterly destitute man named Lazarus, reduced to begging alms and covered with ulcerated sores. And it says, and, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. Now why did Jesus have to say that? He's, listen, that's the condition that, that men that aren't full of God, that don't love God, that, that, that really don't have any real compassion for people that, that go through things in life, for, for, for people that are lost, for people that, that really we look at and we think, man, these people don't have no value. What can we get out of these people? What, what, what is it you know, financially that they have? What is it that they have educationally that they can contribute? They're worthless. They look, they, we look at them and we think, man, what, what good is this guy, man? He just lays every day in front of this rich man's uh, house and, and, and even the dogs, man, they, even the, he doesn't even shoo the dogs away. That's what he thinks about himself. And, and, and you might be in here today and you might think, you know, what is, does anybody really care about me? Does it, is anybody really concerned about what's going on in my life? Is there anybody in this church that really loves me? I'm here to tell you there is somebody in this church that loves you. I love you. And these, these pastors love you. This staff loves you. We care about you. This church loves you. God, you're not here by accident today. I, I remember at, at Lakewood Church one time, there, there was uh, some little kids that their parents were killed in a car accident. And, and these little kids were, were, uh, they were orphaned. And, and so Brother Osteen, he walked those kids up to the front of the church and he said, is, is, does anybody want to adopt these children? Their parents were killed in a car wreck on the streets of Houston does anybody want them? Nobody lifted their hands. Why? Because love will cost you something. There's always a risk involved when we love people. 
We don't like that risk. But I want to tell you, God so loved the world that he risked. He loved us, that he gave his only begotten son. He gave the best that heaven had to offer. The next week, those kids were in church. And they sent a note up to Brother Osteen. They said, doesn't anybody want us? Doesn't anybody care about us? A couple in the, in the congregation lifted their hand. They said, we'll take them. And those kids got to, got to find a, a family, a home. Amen. I tell you, there's a risk in these things. There's a risk in loving people. I, I remember we, we had a guy here that wanted to, uh, he wanted to move here from Nicaragua. He wanted to get his family out of, out of Nicaragua because of the communist government. And he said, the, the, the future of our country is dark, it's bleak, and, and I don't want to raise my children there. And he, he was a very wealthy man. He was a, he was a banker and, a, 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 and an attorney, just, just a really sharp guy. And, and he, he looked at me, he sat right in the office right there, and he said, Brother Allen, he said, he said, you can hire me. I'll come to work at this church. And he says, I won't disappoint you. And I looked him in the eye and I said, but I might disappoint you. Amen. The things that I promise him, I might not be able to carry out. I don't know how to get him into this country. I don't know what it would take. We didn't, we didn't know what to do. But here this guy was, was in our office. But you know what? God made a way for him. And today he, he's living up, up, I think, in Michigan. Actually, he's in college. So we prayed for him. We believe God, but it just, wasn't, it just wasn't for us to help him in that direction. Amen? So here, Jesus is speaking here, and he said that uh, it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom, and the rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom, and he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger into water, and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. And Abraham said unto him, Some remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest the good things, and likewise Lazarus receivest evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Wow. See, I... Jesus isn't saying that whether or not you take care of, of, of homeless people is going to send you to heaven or hell. Asking Jesus to be the Lord of your life, that's what sends you to heaven or hell. But I want to tell you, it, it won't hurt to help people. Because here, this man, this was before Jesus died on the cross. This was during the law. But, it, but what, the way he treated this guy, the way he, he looked at him and he said, you're of no value. What you think means nothing. What you say means nothing. The fact that you're out here starving and hungry, it doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't even strike a note in my heart. Now he's in hell, and he's saying, man, doesn't anybody care that I'm in hell? He said, have pity on me. Well, why didn't he have pity on that? His answer was sitting on his porch. Listen, our answer might be sitting on the porch today. There might be some people out there that are, that are hungry, that are thirsting for the things of God. You might be sitting in here right now, and you're hungry and you're thirsty. And you say, man, maybe I'll just go to that church. Maybe I can just eat some of the crumbs that those people will knock off the table. But I want to tell you, here today, you can be saved. You can be set free. You can be delivered, and God could raise you up. And you might be a great evangelist. You might be a great missionary. You might end up being a pastor somewhere. Listen, it doesn't matter how you start. It's how you finish. But we've got to love people. We've got to care people, care for people. We've got to look at them the way God sees them and value them the way God values them. 
It's so easy to look down our nose at people. When, when, we, when we live in our big houses and we, and we, we drive our fancy cars and, 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 man, thank God that we fare sumptuously, but on the inside of our heart there ought to be something that just bleeds when we see people that are hurting, people that are lost, people that are in jail, people that are in the hospital, the elderly. There's all kinds of people out there that need to see you, that need to see God in you. How are they going to see him unless we stretch out, unless we take a risk? Listen, pa- Pastor Rusty, I mean, he freaks me out sometimes. I can't, th- you know, these, these people come, come to the church, you know, don't you come. Oh, you can come if you really need to. But they'll come to the church, and, and they think, you know, that we just got, you know, we got a, a whole room full of money back there, which I wish we did, but praise God, one day we will. By faith, amen, we're going to turn into a building. And we help, we help the people that we can. You can't help everybody, but you can help somebody. Amen? And, and, and these people will come by, and you know what? I need $300 to do this, or I need $250 to do this. And I think, man, you're going to give that, guy, that money to that guy. We'll never see him again. That shows how much faith I got, huh? And, and, and I mean, occasionally it would shock me. You're going to give him what? And he's going to... Okay, praise the Lord. And he'll and Pastor Russell here, just give it to him. And I, you know, I'm just I'm just just the message boy. I go give him the check. And I think, man, I should have asked him for about that. <laughs> I could have used I could have used that at the time. <laughs> I'm getting a little threadbare over here myself, you know. But no, he loves people. He cares for people. And 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 Listen, you, you can't just throw money at people's problems. That's not always the answer. But the thing about it is, is, is his heart is to help people, help hurting people. And we've helped a lot of people in there, myself included. He's helped me, man. God has helped me, and this church has helped me. This church has blessed me, and my pastors have blessed me. Amen. So back to Lazarus and, and the rich man. So he, Abraham said, son, remember in verse 25, that in thy lifetime thou receivest good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us there is a great gulf fixed, so that uh, which would pass from hence uh, you can't. Uh, let me read that again. So that they which would pass from hence you cannot. Neither can we pass. Can you? Can they pass to us that they would come thence? Good old King James. It says. Uh, then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my, father's, to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that they may testify unto them, lest they uh, come into this place and be tormented. Well, here he loves his brothers. Amen. He's interested. He doesn't want his brothers to go through that mess. He doesn't want his brothers to, to, to have that, that be tormented forever. Man, if we really understood how horrible hell is, listen, we, we would... We'd knock the doors down to try to get out here and touch this island. Hell is a reality. People are going to stay there forever. And when Jesus comes back, they're going to be in a glorified body burning in hell. Man, we don't hear much preaching on hell. But Jesus sure preached about it a lot. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. In other words, what, what, what he was saying was, Listen, the word's out there. They got Abraham, they got Moses, the prophets. 
get in the word of God. And he said unto them, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they would repent. And he said unto them, If they hear, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one be raised from the dead. That's pretty strong talk, amen? You say, man, send Lazarus back over there. Well, if he sent Lazarus back over there, he'd just end up in, in, on their porches too. They wouldn't, you know, they think, man, where, what happened to you? Well, I was dead, and I, and I was in heaven, and I saw your brother, and he was burning in hell, and, I was, and, and he told me to come over here and tell you about it. He said, well, just go over there and lay down on the porch. You know, it's amazing how much we think we've got it figured out. How, how, how much the, the wisdom of this world and the, the education system, thank God for education, thank God for all that stuff, but listen, it can twist you up to where, listen, you don't have any faith at all. You don't have any love in your heart at all for hurting people. All, listen, I, I say this all the time in the jail, and this, this is a good jailhouse sermon, but get your mind off yourself. Quit thinking about what's going on with you and your drama and all that. And if you'll start reaching out to hurting people, listen, God will take care of what's going on with you. He'll take care of your business when you take care of his business. Amen. Matthew 25. Flip over there real quick. Praise the Lord. Matthew 25 and verse 31. This is talking about the judgment at the second coming of Christ. You know, Jesus is going to come and receive the church, and then he's going to come a second time. In verse 31 it says, And when the Son of Man shall come in all of his glory, and the holy angels with him, and shall sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all the, A-L-L, all the nations, that's all of us, and he shall separate them one from the other, like a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left hand. And then shall the king say unto them that are on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, how many of you are sheep? Hallelujah. I, I believe by faith I am a sheep. I believe I'm on the, on the right hand side. Amen. But now listen to what Jesus said. He said, for I, everybody say I. I. Jesus said, I was hungry and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then shall the righteous answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? And when would we see you a stranger and took you in or naked and clothed thee? And when would we see you sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall, king shall answer and say unto him, Verily I say unto you, as you've done it, insomuch as you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. That's some pretty strong talk. I mean, I believe, I believe in honoring the men and women of God. I believe in honoring those people who honor is due. But I want to tell you something. We need to honor and, and, and bless and hold in esteem people that are of low descent. Jesus said this. He said, listen, if you'll go to the prison and visit the people in the prison, 
If you'll go to the hospital and visit the people in the hospital. If you'll, if you'll just make, make a meal and bring it to somebody that's sick. If you'll give somebody a drink of water that's thirsty. He said, he said just these little simple things, man. Uh, somebody doesn't have money for a meal, buy them a meal. Somebody doesn't have money for something to drink, give them something to drink. Jesus said, if you'll do these things to these people that we look, he said, you're, as you do it to the least of one of them, you're doing it unto me. Wow. I like when I walk into the jail and I look at all those faces. All I see is Jesus. Jesus, 14, 15, 16, Jesus is sitting in there. Why? Because he said, if you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. Listen, the most valuable thing on this planet is people. I, I, we did, we did a, a funeral just, just this last week, and, and the Lord just really drove that home to me, how valuable people are to God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for people. The world, what one preacher said, warts and all. All of our mistakes, all of our problems, all of our drama, all the stuff that goes on in our families. All, and, and Jesus still loves us. He still cares about it. He, he knows us. He knows how many hairs we have on our head. Even though some of y'all shave them all off, he still knows how many you got. And even though despite we have all this stuff going on in our lives, he still loves us and he cares for us. Ought we not love people and care for them just like he loved us and cared for us? Hallelujah. This other part is the tough part. Verse 41, he said, uh, then, Then shall they say to them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Everybody say, not me. That ain't for me. For I was hungry, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they answer him, saying, Lord, when saw thee hungry, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison? And did we not minister unto thee? Then, then shall he say unto them, Verily I say unto thee, And in so much as ye did not do it unto one of the least of these, ye did not do it to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into everlasting life. That's strong as gas. Listen, this ain't no game. Listen, man, we need, we need to have a heart for hurting people. We need to have a heart to love the unlovable, to touch the untouchable, to reach the unreachable. Listen, if we have a heart like that for people, listen, we, this building is not going to be able to hold the amount of people that are going to come into this place. But if you're uncomfortable because the person sitting next to you might not have on a Rolex watch, or if you're uncomfortable because somebody had to take the bus over here, or if you're uncomfortable because somebody in here doesn't have on the latest fashion, listen, you either need to change or, I don't know, you know, do what you got to do. I'm serious about that. Because my Bible says, listen, if we love the unlovely, if we bless those that can't bless themselves, if we take care of the people that can't take care of themselves, the Bible says that was the difference between those that went into everlasting life and those that went into punishment. It's in red in my Bible. I think Jesus meant business. And he was talking to the Pharisees. Because the Pharisees, they were all so proud of all the fancy things that they could 
pray and, and all their fancy get up and garb that they wore. And Jesus knew how to put them right back in their place. Amen. And the Bible says if we'll just humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, what will he do? He'll exalt us in due season. One more scripture, and I'm, I'm going to close. Psalms 1, 139. Praise the Lord. You know, they say if you'll preach short, they'll bring you back. Praise the Lord. But I'm going to give you what I got, amen? I'm used to preaching like an hour and a half in the jail, but. One thirty-nine Psalms one thirty-nine, verse nineteen, and this is this is David speaking. This is this is old old covenant, old testament, and, and, and you know the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart, but he wasn't perfect, was he? Verse nineteen in Psalms uh, one thirty-nine, David says, he "says Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men." For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Well, that ain't cool. David says, Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And am not I grieved with those who rise up against thee? Sounds like David's kind of trying to side up alongside God, huh? He said, Hey, man, these people hate you, God. These people don't like you. These people are on, on, in the wrong political problem. Uh, party. These people are in the, they, they, don't, they don't live in the right neighborhood. They don't, they don't uh, drive the right car. They're not, they're not the right color. They're not the right, they don't go to the right church. And David's making all these excuses. He said, he's saying, come on, God, let's, let's go get them. Let's kill them. Verse 21 again, it says, don't I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And am I not grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with perfect hatred. That don't sound like God to me. But David was zealous, man. I mean, if you read about David, he cut up a bunch of folks. I mean, he it, back then, I mean, it was hand to hand. He said, I hate them with perfect hatred, and I count them mine enemies. But verse 23 seems so much out of context. I think when he began to say that, I think, I think the Holy Ghost that was on David as a king began to deal with his heart. Began to say, hey, man, you're pinning that down. That, that, that works out real good, you know, in the lyrics of this song. But now here's, here's the, the closing verse. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. I believe David's heart smote him when he was saying that. I, I believe that, you know, if he was a man after God's own heart and, and the Spirit of God really dealt with David the way he, he deals with all of us. I believe when David was pinning that down, he was saying, listen, God, this is what I want to do to your enemies. God, I love you so much. I just want to wipe these people out. And he was commissioned to wipe a bunch of them out. The reason why he was commissioned to do that was so that Jesus could come into the earth. Satan had, had, had reigned all these other people groups all around where Israel was to try to destroy the seed of Abraham. Because without the seed of Abraham, when it was wiped out, that would, Jesus couldn't come onto the planet. 
but they couldn't do it. They went into slavery. They, they had fought all kinds of battles. They had all kinds of great armies come and try to wipe them out. And when it looked like it would be down to one or two people, God just come and say, okay, that's enough, and just flick their enemies away. And I believe David thought about that, and David knew that. And David began to say, look, I, I, I'm willing, Lord, to just stand with you, God, and we'll just go kill them all. But then he said, man, wait a minute. There's something on the inside of me that's not right. I have a problem when I look at people that aren't clean. I have a problem with somebody that smells and they need a ride and they smell up my fancy car I just took to the car wash. You laugh, but man, that ain't funny. I have a problem with helping people that are dirty, with helping people that, that they don't have as much money as me. They don't look like me. They don't dress not like me. They come walking into our church all the time. They're dirty. Some of them don't even have a place to live. There, there's times that, that, that we've tried to get them a place to live, and they, they want, they'd rather live on the street. Amen? I mean, we've tried to help them. We've tried to bless them. We've had them last, you know, two or three days in some place. We tried to put them, and they said, forget that. I'm, their, their life is so entangled that they can't even handle living in a house anymore. They're so used to living on the street. They're so acclimated to that. Listen, how, what would we do if we had a church load of people like that walk in here next Sunday? Would we love them? Would we care for them? Listen, if that's not the case, then we might as well turn this into a bowling alley. This might as well, listen, we're not going to see no new building unless we can love hurting people, unless we can love the unlovely. Listen, it ain't about a building. It's about people. It's about loving people. It's about caring about people. It's about getting up off of these seats and going out there and say, God, where is that person that needs help? Where is that person that's desperate? I'm going to have to inconvenience myself. It's an inconvenience to go to the jail. It's an inconvenience to go go to the to the hospital but but what happens is when you go God shows up there with you and you pray for people and you go to the ICU and you I remember I went to the ICU one time I prayed for four people two of them were in church the next week the other two died so you got a 50-50 chance I'm just kidding but no but no what I'm saying is this listen you got to be willing to say God whatever it is you need me to do and when you give of your time your money your effort to do what you believe God in your heart is calling you to do. Listen, you can't help everybody. Don't go get, listen, don't get me wrong. Don't go get you a bunch of project people that drive you crazy. If they drive you crazy, tell them, you know, just, just you know, bless you. I'm going to do the best I can for you, but, you know, go crazy over there. I'm not going to go crazy with you. But help them. Give, listen, the thing that's going to help them is the Word of God. And you're going to be disappointed by them. They're going, to, they're going to fail. They're going to mess up. They're going to stub their toe. They're going to come in and get saved. They'll get filled with the Holy Ghost. And they'll still have problems. They'll, they'll still be problems in their life. All of us are growing and maturing at different rates. But these babies, just like in the nursery, listen, the nursery stinks. <laughs> Believe it or not, maybe you ought to go check in there one day and help the nursery workers. The children's church, you go in there, it's got a little smell to it. 
Amen. Gets a little hot in there. The youth. You know, the youth can have some big problems, even though they're just young people. I had some big problems when I was in the eighth grade. I mean, Brother Wells can tell me, tell you about it. Man, I, stu- I, I looked like I was, I was really going up as, as an athlete and, and just, just getting ready to go up like, like a meter, and I had a problem. I messed up. I made a major mistake. And people looked at me, man, that it was a shameful thing I did. It was a horrible thing I did. People like Mr. Wells, they still loved me, still cared about me. Had, had a teacher named Miss Marshan. She still talked to me, wanted to treat me like a human being, kind of helped me get up, get up off of my, my failure. Who are you helping? Who are you blessing? Who are you lifting up? Listen, if we're not doing anything, listen, we're just dead in the water. All, all, we've, got is, all we've got is just an argument. But listen, there's somebody today that needs a phone call from you. There's some, it might be your mother. It might be your father. It, it might be your grandparents. That you, they, they haven't heard from you in weeks, months, years. Pick up the phone and give them a call. There, there's people today that are sick that, that the Lord will put on your heart. Say, hey, call so-and-so, see what's going on with them. There's people today that are discouraged. That's why they're not sitting in here today. Because something happened to them that broke their heart. Something happened to them that, 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 that ripped the spirit out of them to be in church. And, and people get offended. People get wounded. People get hurt. But listen, we need to be people that help lift people up, that help heal people. We need to be the answer and not the problem. Amen. And that's why David said this. He said, search me, O Lord. Search my heart and see if there be any wicked way in me, any twisted way. And I want to say that's my prayer today. Lord, search me. There, there's things on the inside of us, listen, that, that, that hide. There, there's areas in our life. I, Pastor Rusty, he had... Uh, he had this iPod. It had, I think, 3,500 sermons on it from, from up in Tulsa. And, and we, we listened to them all the time when we drove back and forth going hunting. And, and Brother Hagin was talking about praying one time. He said, he said I, was, I was praying, interceding. And he said, the Lord showed me something that looked like an old boot. And I said, God, what is that? He said, he said, he said that's your Baptist religion. He said, man, he said, that's kind of tough looking, isn't it? He said, yeah. He said, well, he said, you want me to lift that off? He said, Lord, lift that out of me. Lift that out of my heart. It was the religious part, the hard part of it. And then God showed him another thing. Just, he said, it just looked like a chewed up piece of leather. He said, what's that? He said, that's your Pentecostal religion. Because we look at people and judge them. We look, it, it, we, we're so astute at playing God. Aren't we good at being God? We've got everybody's answers, but we don't have no answer for ourselves. Search me, God. Try my heart. See if there be any wicked way, any twisted way in me. Amen. So if you would, with every head bowed for just a minute, Brother Frank, you come up and tinkle the ivories a minute for us.
Praise the Lord. First of all, if you're in here today, and number one, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you were to die today, and you say, man, I don't want to go where that rich man went. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, listen, that's what you're destined for. But Jesus died on the cross so you don't have to go. He's already paid the price. He's already done everything on the cross. He took your sin. He took your sickness. He took your addiction. He's already done everything that needs to be done to save you. You say, well, Brother Allen, what do I do? You say, God, I I accept what you did for me. I accept what Jesus did on the cross for me. I I see I'm a sinner. I I, I see I need a Savior. If you need to be saved today, you say, well, Brother Allen, I, I drink. Does that send me to hell? No. I, I have addictions in my life. Does that, does that, will that send me to hell? No. None of those things send us to hell. The only thing that sends us to hell is the rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm putting it out to you today like this. What are you going to do with Jesus? Are you going to accept him today as your Lord and Savior? Are you going to walk out? Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.